0: I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode eight. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Several families have asked me to help them know what it looks like to build a library, not just to buy books, which we all love to do, but how do we systematically build a library for ourselves and for our children and for our grandchildren. So I like to share a few concepts, and then I'm going to just walk through my bookshelves and hit some high points for you. First of all, I like to remind everyone that comes into my realm of influence is that a bad book is a big thief. A bad book is a big thief. What do I mean by that? I mean, there's just not enough time, there's not enough bookshelf space, or enough money to waste on mediocre books. There are so many great books. My motto is, so many books, so little time. So why would we waste our time reading something that isn't wonderful? Because it's always the good is always the enemy of the best. So I know you're not reading, you know, horrible slasher novels or something, But we always want to focus on what is the very best. So we use our time, money, and our bookshelf space well. Um, I like to give you a little word picture of what if you were going to a desert island and you were allowed to take one large cardboard box, you know, like kind of a book-sized box, and you could fill it with any books you wanted, but those were the only books your children were going to have as they grew up, this was going to be their literary exposure. You would really think twice about what you put in that box. You wouldn't just throw any old thing that you found in the basement or at grandma's garage sale or um, some leftover thing that nobody really wants or cares about. You would Agonize. Well, which one of Jane Austen's and which Dickens and and how about a complete Shakespeare and which versions of the Bible do we want and Pilgrim's Progress and you know you would agonize over those books and you would think twice about them for sure. And I know you're not living on a desert island, <clears throat> but I do know that the books that children grow up with have an impact on their lives. And when they've interviewed adults. And they ask them, what are the books that were in your childhood home? They can list them verbatim. They can tell you what color the covers were, what the illustrations were. Books in your home have an impact on your children. And so there's no room for mediocrity because we want the best of the best for our kids. So I thought I would go through some classic books that are just foundational for any library. And then I'm going to talk about Christian classics, and then I'm going to close with Christian biographies. So some classics that every child needs to grow up with, and every adult for that matter. Um, I'd probably start with a complete works Of Shakespeare and they tend to be very heavy and large so see if you can find a great bargain one or a used one but that's just something that every home should have and then you want several versions of Pilgrim's Progress which is the best-selling book of all time other than the Bible and I love the original unabridged old English version but I also think there's room for many other versions there's one from Crossway called just Pilgrim's Progress, but it's been slightly, the, the language has been slightly modified. Moody has several titles, Erdman's, several titles. These are kind of like the living Bible version of Pilgrim's Progress. If a child's been raised on the King James Bible, then the original is no problem. But if they're not used to that version of the Bible— you might want to start them out with something a little bit more accessible. Probably the most accessible would be the book Dangerous Journey, published by Erdman's. It's been around for about 40-some years, uh, illustrated from an illustrator in England, and we'll talk about that when we get to the children's books in another podcast. But just so you know, Pilgrim's Progress is central to building a great library. And then I would start with the very best. I would start with my friend Jane, and she wrote six complete novels. And my favorite of Jane Austen's writing would be Emma and Persuasion. Emma and Persuasion, although you can't go wrong with reading Jane Austen. And then the second probably greatest writer ever of fiction would be considered Charles Dickens. And I am very, very devoted to what he considered his favorite child, semi-autobiographical book called David Copperfield. Then I would love you to think about some of the Christian classics that uh, have really stood the test of time. C.S. Lewis would personify someone whose books have never gone out of style and I will mention have never gone out of print, not one of them. My favorite might be The Great Divorce, and also Till We Have Faces. I enjoy Letters to Malcolm, chiefly on prayer, but anything that Lewis wrote is worth reading. And of course, the Narnia books, but we're not talking about children's books right now. Then the man who impacted his life tremendously, George MacDonald. I'm very fond of all of his writing. But I prefer some of his less wordy books. Um, He wrote a lot of Gothic novels. And I think his best has been edited as We, Sir Gibby of the Highlands. It was edited by Michael Phillips. So it's a little bit streamlined for the modern reader, which I think in the case of George MacDonald can be helpful. But he also wrote The Parish Papers, Gifts of the Child Christ, And, of course, uh, his children's books, which are matchless. At the Back of the North Wind, Princess and the Goblin, Princess and Curdie. Then Dorothy Sayers and her Lord Peter Whimsey novels. And G.K. Chesterton, his book Orthodoxy is a must. And then all the Father Brown crime stories. Father Brown is a fictional priest who looks kind of befuddled but he solves mysteries in the most brilliant and ingenious way. I really enjoy the book Vanity Fair by Thackeray. I think it's a wonderful understanding of human nature and really the corruption of human nature in, in a more subtle sense, but still very impacting. When I think of one of the greatest writers of all times, I think of Henry James. The man honed every sentence and every concept. And I never tire of reading him. And then his friend who wrote The House of Mirth, which I considered a masterpiece, Edith Wharton. Edith Wharton was very influenced by Henry James and they became friends. I would love you to read Howard's End by E.M. Forster. Of all the books that Forster wrote, I think Howard's End is his very best, but I also like A Room with a View, Where Angels Fear to Tread. Uh, He wrote many books, not all my favorites, but Howard's End is definitely in the top ranking. And then an American author, Willa Cather, who's best known for her novel My Antonia, But I also recommend O Pioneers, The Song of the Lark, many other books that she wrote. She was a very, very talented, insightful writer. Sometimes when you read a really great book, you feel like it's almost poetry, even though it's written as prose. And Willa Cather is one of those people. Elizabeth Gaskell, who was known as Mrs. Gaskell, wrote at the time of Charles Dickens, And my preference for, I like all of her books, but my preference is Wives and Daughters. And then uh, Potok, P-O-T-O-K, The Chosen, Ray Bradbury, Fahrenheit 451, How Green Was My Valley, Richard Llewellyn. Then some boy books, Robinson Crusoe, The Boys, King Arthur, Uh, what else? The Yearling, David Balfour, Last of the Mohegans, Kidnapped, Black Arrow. All of these books were illustrated by N.C. Wyeth, Andrew Wyeth's father. And there's a whole series of them, and they're worth collecting. And I know they're not inexpensive, but they're treasures. Uh, They're unabridged, and they're beautifully illustrated by Wyeth. I don't know if I mentioned Robin Hood. I think I did, but that's a must. And then a book that is not easy reading, but worth the work. It's a, a book from Scandinavia, and it's called Kristen Lavin's Daughter, which means Kristen Lavrin, and then her, that she was the daughter of Lavrin. So, Kristen Lavrin's daughter and it's written by Sigrid Unset, Sigrid Unset, and don't panic about trying to write all this down because there will be notes on our website uh, to give you these lists. Anthony Trollope was a great British writer, and C.S. Lewis used to read him for entertainment and just kind of relax his brain, and I really like the book The Way We Live Now. And then George Eliot, of all of her writing, I know her name wasn't really George, just want you to know her. (laughs) Even though it says George, it's not really her name. Her name was Marianne. But anyway, Silas Marner, I think is a magnificent jewel of a book and really understanding how character can be transformed by being exposed to love and, and beauty. Some Christian classics would be, every library needs to have a Strong's Concordance, a Vines Expository Dictionary, a Book of Common Prayer, My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers, or as most people say, Oswald. Uh, many different translations of the Bible. A Phillips translation, I think, is very important. The ESV, Amplified. Uh, I love the King James, the Jerusalem Bible. So it's so helpful to read scripture in multiple translations. And then Henrietta Mears, what the Bible is all about. Every, bi- every uh, library should have that. Operation World by John Stone, just talking about the unreached people groups of the world. Life Together by Bonhoeffer. Heinz Feet on High Places by Hannah Hernard. And every library needs to have a J.I. Packer, Knowing God. On the attributes of God, understanding the nature of God. A fun kind of checkup book for all of us is The Emotionally Healthy Church. The Emotionally Healthy Church by Peter cazzaro And it's my favorite thing about the book is he tells a story of as a pastor being The shepherd of a not very healthy church, and how one day his wife asked if he would mind if she and the children went to another church. That just made me laugh out loud. (laughs) Such a great story. Uh, J.B. Phillips, Your God is Too Small. Henry Nouwen, The Way of the Heart. Really powerful, tiny little thin book on contemplation and silence and solitude, and those spiritual disciplines that the American church is so lacking in. And then R.A. Torrey, the founder of Biola, and someone whose books I never tire of, How to Study the Bible, and he has many books. He has one on the Holy Spirit, and his books are great. And these are all short, thin books, some of the books I'm recommending to you, which makes them much less intimidating. Uh, The Greatest Thing in the World, I read this book over and over again, It isn't really a book. It was simply an impromptu address that Henry Drummond was asked to give at a meeting by Dwight Moody. I love the books of Tim Keller. I especially like The Prodigal God, but also Counterfeit Gods. Love that book. And then The Seeking Heart and Let Go by Fenelon, a French monk who I read over and over again. And then let's talk about some key Christian biographies and what those look like, because if you've listened to Dr. Lyle Dorsett's interview with me previously to this, you will know that biographies are the key to our Christian formation and our edification. So some key biographies, John Newton, written by... uh, Aitken, a British author, Jonathan Aitken, who went to prison after being in leadership in the government of Britain. He perjured himself under oath, much like Chuck Colson. He went to prison, found Christ, and now is a leading voice for Christianity in the nation of Britain. Father Ten Boom, the story of Corey Ten Boom's father, written by Corey. And one of those people you want to grow up to be like, give me this mountain, the autobiography of Dr. Helen Rosevear. Dr. Rosevier was a surgeon in Congo, in Africa, and she was kidnapped during the revolution there and was held captive and very, very traumatic situation. And yet how she overcame her pain, her adversity, went back to Congo and continued to minister to the people there. It's a story of overcoming that I've rarely read anything like. Tramp for the Lord by Corey Ten Boom, which I love and read over and over again. And then several books by Dwight, I'm sorry, several books by Dr. Dorset, A Passion for Souls, which is the life of Dwight Moody and uh, Seeking the Secret Place on the Spiritual Formation of C.S. Lewis. I really love that book and recommend it. Then I have a heroine that I am going to do a podcast on soon, and her name is Henrietta Mears, and she was Education Director at Hollywood Presbyterian, During kind of the golden age of that church, they brought her in from Minnesota, and she took the Sunday school department from about 400 children to about 4,000 children, and families would drive two hours each way to bring their children to her Sunday school. So there are a lot of books about her. One is called Dream Big the Henrietta Mears story. Another one is just called Teacher. That's what everyone called her. So people like Bill and Vonette Bright, who founded Campus Crusade, who actually lived in her beautiful home with she and her sister, uh, that's what they all called her, Teacher. And she really exemplified what that looks like. A biography you may not be familiar with, but one that I have been very uh, influenced by is When God Says Go. When God Says Go by Lutz, uh, Lori Lutz, L-O-R-R-Y and then L-U-T-Z. It's the story of a slave's daughter and how she would hear stories about people in Africa and she thought, well, why aren't, why aren't we going there? Her name was Eliza Davis George and she was raised in a very segregated Texas And she started hearing stories about Africa. And she decided to go to Liberia, where our slaves had been sent um, after the Civil War. And when she died on her 100th birthday, hundreds of Liberians paraded through the streets carrying banners that read, Mother Eliza George, great daughter of America, great descendant of Africa, great saint and missionary mother, Her life was the best commentary on the Bible we have ever read. Can you just imagine what a great book that is? I mean, it will challenge your life. And then Dr. Dorsett also wrote a book on C.S. Lewis's wife, Joy Davidman, called And God Came In. Ben Carson, Gifted Hands. Uh, Stephen Mansfield wrote a book on Churchill. I never stop reading books on Winston Churchill. He's one of my very favorites, and it's called Never Give In. And then there are a series of books for children that I recommend so highly. They are from Scotland, and they're called the Trailblazer Books. And there are probably about 40 titles in the series, and they're very well written Many American biographies are very kind of weak and watered down, and these are top-notch. And, you know, there's everybody from Eric Little to Richard Warmbrand to Johnny Erickson Tata to Billy Graham, Helen Roosevelt, Lottie Moon, uh, Adoniram Judson, John Newton, Patricia St. John, etc. So those books are top-notch. They're published by Christian Focus Publications. And then Susanna Wesley, uh, who's someone I love to read biographies on, Sandy Dangler wrote a children's biography on Susanna Wesley that I think is a really well-done, clear, simple book for children. And then The Little Woman, excuse me, the story of Gladys Alward. Then years ago, uh, the publisher, uh, Bethany House Publishers in Minneapolis did a series of books called Women of Faith and Men of Faith. And so they have Mary Slessor and Gladys Alward and Hudson Taylor and Amy Carmichael, Charles Finney, Eric Little, Brother Andrew, and one of my favorites, Borden of Yale. And those were a whole series of books that you can still find often used. So there are a lot of great biographies. But the key is reading them and reading a steady diet of them. My pastor in California, Chuck Smith, uh, had a biography done by his son, Chuck Jr., and it's just called Chuck Smith, A Memoir of Grace. And I love reading about Chuck's childhood and his early years, A, because even though he went on to be the pastor of the largest church in America, He had a lot of not-so-great moments in terms of hard things in ministry. Never worked full-time, always had to have a second job in order to support he and his family in ministry until he came to uh, Costa Mesa and took a church of, I believe, maybe 20 people and turned it into the largest church in America simply by just teaching the Word of God chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And you can listen to his podcast for free, or you can go to the website, The Word for Today. Uh, the podcast, I believe, is also called The Word for Today. And it, and, but on the Word for Today app, you can just put in a book that you want to study. You want to study First Peter, you want to study Leviticus, or whatever, and then it just drops down for free. All those chapters, word by word, chapter by chapter that you can listen to commentary and teaching on as you're studying the word for yourself. I highly recommend those resources and I use them all the time. John Piper wrote a series of books for Crossway. Um, and I'm going to just share one in the series. This one's called the hidden smile of God. And the series are called, uh, the series was called the swans are not silent. The swans are not silent. And this one, is on the fruit of affliction in our lives. So it's about John Bunyan, William Cooper, and David Brainerd. And I love this book and all of the books in this series of The Swans Are Not Silent. So they would do like three biographies in each book of you know great people that have predated us and, and influenced the church and history. So that's just a quick overview. Our next podcast is going to be talking um, further about how to build a library and what that looks like. I look forward to having you join us for that. And I really appreciate you listening in. If you liked what you heard in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be great too. Visit my website, Kirill Joy Side, Kirill with an E at the end, and then Joy, and then Side, S-E-I-D, kirilljoyside.com, to subscribe to the monthly newsletter and receive exclusive discounts in my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode, where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings.